I'm your host, Jay Walls, and welcome to another edition, a weekly podcast, should I say, of Deeper Dive, brought to you by Plantation SDA Church. This is season five, episode three. And my wonderful co-host, Dawn, will not be in attending tonight, so please keep her in your prayers. She makes uh, everything wonderful on this podcast. I want to thank all our podcast listeners for taking the time out to listen to us. Any questions, comments, or concerns you may have, please text us via WhatsApp at 954 388 8780. And as always, we ask you to subscribe to our channel at deeperdive.com. And today we have a very, very special guest. Uh, this gentleman is our first time on a podcast with Deeper Dive. And he was part of the uh, the introduction to us to leading out of the 10 Days of Prayer uh, entitled Priorities of Faith. And his name is Pastor Gordon Lindsay. Welcome, brother. Thank you so much, Elder. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, let me give you a little bio, just in case if anybody didn't see or hear on um, church this past Sabbath. Um, I understand that you like your math position, you're considered a numbers guy. Yes, um, I, love, I love numbers. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, look, where were you when I needed you? <laughs> you know, no, you had somebody son. else. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my favorite son. The history was lies. Um, but uh, you graduated at Northern Carolina uh, University. You were yes. ordained minister of the gospel since 2015. You served as a uh, district pastor and also youth director for the Northeast yes. Jamaicans. Uh, SDA conference for about 10 years? Yes, I did. And also in the high school, Port Mary High School, uh, okay. the conference school as a math teacher, right? Okay. And you're currently at Andrews University studying for your Master's of Divinity? That's right. Okay. And I understand that you're now interim pastor at South Bend. Uh, was it Burian? Burian. Burian, Burian? Uh, Transformation Center of Seventh-day Adventists. Yes. Okay. Well, after seeing all that, I don't know if you remember the movie Star Wars, but Darth Vader would tell Luke Skywalker, that's impressive. I'm so, but your humble servant. That's right. I understand, my brother. I understand. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's get a word of prayer. Yes. Father God, thank you once again. All you've done for us, Lord. Lord, we're not worthy, but Lord, your grace and mercy abounds. Continue to bless this podcast. Lord, continue to bless our speaker this earl last past weekend. Pastor Lindsay, continue to bless his family, continue to bless his message and his word. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, Pastor, here we are. You started out on episode one. I was think it was called Divine Calculation. Yes. All right. And then I think episode two was the God who goes before us. You're right. All right. And then number three is the lesson from a simplified life, which we'll be speaking about this evening. Definitely. All right. So what uh how did you come up with that one? The lesson from a simplified life? Well, I was seeking as best as possible by God's grace to work in tandem with the 10 Days of Prayer initiative from the General Conference. And it spoke to the simplicity of life. And mm -hmm. I really thought that the best person to learn from is the one whom we're seeking to reflect, and that's Jesus Christ. So yes. by his grace, I sought to, you know, draw some lessons from his life that we can adopt and use. Okay, okay. Well, you were speaking from Hebrews chapter 12. Um, you mentioned about 
some people might not know who the author was. You think it might be Paul, possibly, but you refer more to the author and the finisher. Can you speak about that just a little bit more? Sure. Uh, it has been debated in the uh, world of scholarship that the true author of the book of Hebrews is not identified. Persons have been debating whether or not it's Paul based on the writings and uh, think it could have been some other author. Whilst there are a lot of scholars who are convinced that based on his uh, drawing from Old Testament theology, including the sanctuary, uh, mm -hmm. I believe that Paul highly would have been that author of the book of Hebrews. Um, yes. But there's no conclusion as to who definitely the author is. Okay. Okay. But I think you expound on your sermon that we pretty much now ourselves pretty much know who that was. But I was myself, I used to think it was Paul. I thought it was Paul that was pretty much what I like to say. I know who the, the end was. Um, you talked about the three temptations that, that Satan proposed to Jesus. I like to call it the rock, jump, and bow, if you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> Talk about that, because you, you focus on identity. Right. I, I, I was really happy to speak to that matter, because... In journeying, as you said earlier, in youth ministry, for example, I have mm -hmm. seen where a number of youth have been challenged in knowing who they are in Christ. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the biggest mistakes we make in life, in terms of all the sins that are committed, are committed through a misrepresentation of who we are. Uh, for mm -hmm. the most part, that's how our sins come into play. And um, Jesus was highlighting here at the beginning of his ministry as to whom his identity is in, and that is in the Father. And uh, we are reflecting Jesus and knowing that our identity is truly in him. So the temptations that we face there, as you call it, you know, the rock um, and otherwise, but the temptations faced there were basically highlighted three significant things. And that is, uh, you're not what people say about you. You are, you are not what you do and you're not what we have. Because that's what mm -hmm. Satan wants to have us think. Most of the sins committed are as a result of us accepting a lie or false belief in terms of our identity. And, and that's yeah. what's to get us. I, I do understand that. My question is, I feel that we, as a, in this generation, we really do have an identity crisis. Yes. As far as, you know, stature, um, prominence. I just don't understand why we feel that. We have to deal with that because I, I talk with many people and they have to make sure that they're the MDs behind their name and the PHs and oh, I don't understand why we're so focused on that. And you know, I just don't understand that sometimes. Right. We 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 do misrepresent, you know, the declaration God has made over us. Um mm -hmm. in fact, I would share with you one of my favorite quotes. In the Desaf Ages, mm -hmm. page 113 by Ellen G. White, she says, The word that was spoken to Jesus at the Jordan, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, she says, mm -hmm. it embraces all humanity. So, so yeah. it wasn't just for Jesus. Uh, she says, it embraces all humanity. God spoke to Jesus as our representative. Mm -hmm. And, and, yeah, and that, nailed it, that nailed it for me when I saw that. The same words that he echoed, for Jesus Christ is the same words that he'd have echoed over my own life. 
And I know the enemy knew that. That's why he was trying to get Jesus to belittle his true identity. And so I summed up those three temptations, as you said, you know, to turn stone into bread, to jump off a cliff or to bow down and worship in us really knowing our true identity. Yes. What would you tell the youth of today about that? Because they really seem to have that issue. Right. And, and, and again, what I'd suggest and really not suggest, but bring across to our young people a strong point is that we should stop believing the lies of the enemy that mm -hmm. we're what we have or that we're what we do or that we're what others say about us. You know, we are not mm -hmm. any of those. We are whom God says we are. And God says we're his masterpiece. <laughs> we're mm -hmm. significant. You know, we're strong. We're, you know, secured. We're loved. And he mm -hmm. emphasized that over and over in pouring out his love for us. And the greatest part he did was to come and die for us on Calvary's cross to express such love for us. Amen. For us. Is that, is that the reason why you, you, you talked about how Jesus was able to put on a shame uh, for us all? Right. And, and that's what I wanted to bring out, especially through Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Uh, mm -hmm. He despised the shame. Yes, and, and and he wanted to show us how much he loved us. In fact, when when I refer to Hebrews eleven, it's that we had persons who had gone before us, and the author of Hebrews, as I believe personally to be Paul, you know, he emphasized in the last few verses of chapter eleven that all these persons, Moses, the Daniel, the Shadrach, mm -hmm. the Meshach, and Abednego, all these individuals who have gone before us, they without us will not receive the promise. In other words, they are waiting on us <laughs> Yes, yes, to, I to, to receive the promise that God has for humanity. And then mm -hmm. Jesus says he's the author and the finisher of the faith. He's the beginning and the end of our faith. And another point is that it's not us who perfect our faith because the finisher of our faith means that Jesus is the one who perfects our faith. Yeah, through him. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And, and that's what I wanted to bring out to especially... Uh, in a special way to our young people, but more so to the entire congregation, that we're unique, we're special, and we don't need to compare each other with the other person because God would have died for us should we had been the only person upon this earth. That's true. Yeah, that is true. You know, the Bible did say that we are set apart. Yes. From that. You you mentioned about um, being vulnerable. Um, that that's a touch. That's a touchy subject for a lot of people. A lot of people don't really want to see the inner part of us that. It can be exposed or uh, that people will see because I mean, that becomes judgment. What do you say about that? You know, you know, Joe, one of one of the things we don't do well at sometimes is creating that healthy space of people to tell their stories. I, I kept on emphasizing that without being judged, you said, you know, without being mm -hmm. criticized or feeling condemned. V vulnerability sometimes is seen as being weak, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know. One of the most profound things apart from, you know, being there for young people in different ways or from listening to them that we could do is to identify with their situation. Just be authentic, you know, be yes. real mm -hmm. to help them to know that the things that they're experiencing, you know, we perhaps would not have experienced that same thing, but we would have experienced some things in the past. Sometimes we yes. tend to create this perfection uh uh, of of humanity and and promoting what we call the last generational uh, theology. We, mm. we tell persons, for example, uh, we present ourselves as being perfect. We tell young people, you know, to be perfect. We need to be perfect before going to heaven. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and when they fall below what we consider to be perfection, we chastise them. We, yes. we give false hope, you know. We have failed mm-hmm. in the past. We constantly keep before the youth the fact that we are only justified by the righteous deeds we do. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're mm-hmm. not justified by that. We're justified by the righteousness of Christ. And uh, I wanted to Amen. say that regardless of how our behaviors may be, our sinful nature will be only restored when Jesus comes. Only. Um, Pastor, Pastor Rose had mentioned something last Sabbath. Uh, he mentioned that you know, we were supposed to, you know, do the Great Commission to bring people to forward Christ. But he mentioned that sometimes we try to straighten people and perfect them before we bring them to Christ. <laughs> and there's no way we can do that. We need to break them, bring them as broken and humble as we know how mm-hmm. to the Lord. But, uh, so I, that goes in comparison to what you're saying here. And I agree to I, those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah as I said earlier, we try to do that. Jesus is the only perfect of our faith. None of us can perfect our faith. No, none whatsoever. Amen. Right. I think this kind of works into the life groups that we're forming here at church. You know, the vulnerability, I think that's what needs to be had in these smaller groups because, you know, it's a little bit more intimate uh, in these groups. What do you say about that? Well, the I, life groups. I really admire the life groups. And um, one of my... <laughs> One of my experience in life is to note that vulnerability is a way of getting healing. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus said in Philippians 1, 6, he who has begun a good work in us will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. And, yes. and one of my themes that run through my life, my own heart, is that if it's if it's not good, it's because God is not yet done. <laughs> yeah, yes. He, he's still working on it. If it ain't good, it's not yet done. And yeah. one of the things we... We, we are challenged with sometimes our egos. It sometimes causes us to be loyal to our mistakes. Mm. We, we sometimes yes. know it's wrong, but when we check the cost to apologize, we leave it and forget about it. We, we say, let's leave it and forget about it. But being yeah. vulnerable actually heals. It, it creates a space where we can, you know, get through our darkness and bring light mm. to it and, and get rid of the regrets. I think that's what's I think sometimes it blocks is our blessings. Uh, yes. When things happen, we pray, we pray. And, you know, God, I just need you to get open, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, really like that, Joe. I really like what you just said. You know, it sometimes blocks our blessings because sometimes I'm believing strongly that, you know, our mistakes mm-hmm. and our miracles exist together in the same space. Oh, <laughs> uh, amen. My wife would say it's just delayed. It'll be just yes. delayed. It's yes. not like you get it, it's just the only until you get to where you need to be. Um, you know, I really enjoyed your story about the custody there, the custodian story. Um, about how you met this gentleman and what he was doing to be happy, just to be clean. And then this the position he had was pretty high. I I, I like that story. Mm. That I'm sure that made you change and think about what you wanted to try to do at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. I, 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 I mentioned as well that that story really touched my heart. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I brought that across is because, honestly, sometimes we preach sermons addressing questions that people aren't asking. You know, mm-hmm. and I wanted to bring something that was relevant to a number of us. And I was preaching out of my own experience mm-hmm. and, and how the Lord has brought me to understand that whatever you do, you must give off your best. 
And mm-hmm. being here at Andrews is not just to get an MDiv, but also to get a greater degree, which is that of being more like Christ. Amen. And, 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 and the lessons weren't taught in the classroom. It was taught through my experience at work with this gentleman, uh, you know, Pastor Gilbert. Pastor Gilbert mm-hmm. in that room taught me lessons without writing on a board. You know, mm. he, he shared with me things that I didn't have to do a research on. I saw it in his own life. And, and, and some of the greatest lessons that we'll ever, you know, capture are those that we have caught rather than that yes. we're taught. Mm. You know, and, uh, Go ahead. Yeah, Pastor Gilbert, you know, worked on the second floor being mm-hmm. a division, former division president. And I was going around thinking, oh, I'm youth director. I deserve something better than cleaning, you know, a bathroom <laughs> or cleaning an office. Whereas this man who was division president who had persons cleaning his office, you know, mm-hmm. had, had yes, to come and clean others' office. And he did so joyfully. And as I emphasize, he did that for like five years. And um, mm-hmm. then for the experience I had, after that is to be led to a building after, you know, being encouraged through his experience to continue to give up my best that somebody saw that even while I was thinking that, you know, this was necessary and said they need me to work in their office. And as I shared with the brethren on Sabbath, even if I didn't get that job in the seminar dean's office, whatever mm-hmm. we do, we should do it with all our hearts, all our minds. You know, I understand where you're coming from because, you know, that's also another identity crisis if you look at it. Yes. If you if you look at it that way, you know, because of the, the title that you were looking to have and here you feel you're humbled by this position, but at the same time, look who comes across your path and, and came with blessing. Definitely. Definitely. And that's actually wonderful. <laughs> so let me ask you something. How, how did you become a member? How are you, you liking the numbers like that? I didn't hear the question. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm sorry. I said, how did you come across being a mathematician? Oh, mathematician. I, I developed that love mm-hmm. uh, from an elder brother of mine. He was an engineer. In fact, that's what I was mm-hmm. seeking to do when I had that mm-hmm. experience with God and he led me into ministry. I, I, I love mathematics through my brother's experience. He always came home. Um, when I came home from school, he would ask me, you know, any math homework. <laughs> he was okay. So he focused on math for the most part, which gave me that love and passion for math. Um, he not, not necessarily asked about homework, but do you have any math this evening? And uh, mm-hmm. I've driven toward that love for math since that time. And plus, I had a high school teacher who was really good at math. And um, I really loved the language of math that is universal, you know, communicates in all different languages, you know, you don't know English, you don't know Spanish, you can communicate with some people, but when you have math, you can communicate with everybody. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's just like music, and that's wonderful. Yes. So, uh, so you reside in Michigan? You reside in Michigan? My brother? Yeah, do you reside in Michigan? Oh, you? yes. I'm, I'm currently at the Andrews University campus, uh, staying at the apartments. Uh, okay. Presently studying here at the MDiv, as you said earlier. Yeah, sleeping the cold weather, I'm sure. Ha! Man, we have 10 inches still, still on the floor, you know. We have some <laughs> snow up there, and it's really cold, especially in the melting points. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. I've never been in Michigan, but I understand it, it, it's pretty cold. Yeah, you know, close to Canada and uh, Michigan Lake, 
It's yeah, the Great Lakes, right? Yes, and you have the Great Lakes here. Coming out of Jamaica, you know the weather is kind of similar to that of Florida, so <laughs> tropical to be well, here. Yeah, and, um, man, it was it was a hitter when I came back. <laughs> I I can understand that, my friend. Well, Pastor, I want to thank you for taking the time. Um, um, you going to be here much longer for the rest of the week? Well, uh, for the service for the rest of the ten days of prayer. Well, I'm online. I'm presently back in Michigan. <laughs> okay, you're back already. Yes, wow. yes. I just came okay. for the weekend, so I'm, I'm back in Michigan now. And um, okay. well, continuing in classes, you know, actually coming yes, on I'm Wednesday, I, I missed one or two classes, but I was happy to have shared with the brethren there. And thank you so much for this opportunity. No, we're, we're really appreciate you taking this time to come out and, and, and give us those wonderful messages. And well, continue, uh, don't be a stranger. Come on through. Don't be a stranger. Not at all. I claim, I claim that church as mine. <laughs> That's my family. That's, That's, That's understood. But we so normally ask our speakers to, you're welcome, sir. We normally ask our speakers when you get a chance to lead us out in a word of prayer. Sure. My pleasure. Let's pray. <laughs> our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for grace. We thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had this evening to dive a little deeper into your words and just to you know uncover those thoughts that would have been uh mingling in the mind of the word that you've prepared for your children lord i ask that you'll continue to embrace each of us with your love and remind us that greater love hath no man than this than a man who laid down his life for his friend the man who had everything gave up everything so that he can make humanity his favorite uh people lord we thank you I pray that you'll come to watch over this platform. May those who listen be blessed and drawn closer to you. I pray for Brother Joe and the team. May you cover them under your blood and bless the plantation SDA Church, Lord. May its ministry continue to propel to the ends of the earth because we believe that when this gospel of the kingdom is preached to all the world as a witness, the end will come. And then we can see the one who died for us, the one who showed us how to live a simplified life. A life that ultimately will have him hailed as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In that day, Lord, may all of us here listening be a part of your kingdom. We thank and we praise you for what you're doing and what you'll continue to do for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Pastor Gordon, I thank you. God bless you. I'm glad you had a safe trip back. And um, just think about us. We'll be warm over here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'll think about you, and that will bring warmth to my heart as well. <laughs> Blessings, LJ. Thank you so much. You're most welcome. God bless. Bye bye.